For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to The Approach Shot, the golf show that's more laughs than links, more stories than strokes, more guffaws than golfers. Here are the hosts of The Approach Shot, John Ashton and Neil Michaels. It's been a while. Do you remember us? Huh? I remember us. Do you remember us? <laughs> I remember I'm John Ashton. And I remember that I'm Neil Michaels. And together we are The Approach Shot. Do we have to say it together? When you say together, we are The Approach Shot. Three, no. two, one. <laughs> No, okay. right. no, no, that's, gotcha. that's kind of cheesy, man. <laughs> Welcome back. What fun we've had in the last year and how we've grown and how we've changed and uh, not really. We're the same schmucks really. we were before. Yeah, <laughs> we've grown. I mean, I'm now a couple of inches larger around the waist and uh, that's, you know. that's fun for you. I'm a, I'm a few fewer before, but you know, I'm on the diabetes diet. So it's like, uh, take the pills, don't eat very much. And yeah. Um, for God's sake, don't eat anything good. So, you know. well, I was on the cardiac diet, and I, and I I told my cardiologist when he he asked me what I thought about the diet, and I said, "It's three pages you gave me. Why don't you just give me one little slip of paper that says if it tastes good, you can't have it." <laughs> there you go. That's exactly right. I will tell you. I will tell you this, and I didn't mean to to, to bring this up, but this weekend the family and I are going to go apple picking up in the mountains. It's a thing here in julian california mm -hmm. and i called ahead because julian is very very famous for their pies okay. and i called ahead thinking this was going to be the biggest no and i said to them do you guys make any sugar-free pies uh -huh. i called up and they said yes we have apple strawberry apple blueberry apple and raspberry apple and i think i cried <laughs> <laughs> And the good news is you're going to have it all to yourself. That's right. Nobody else is going to want That's it. Right. Oh, uh, were you going to have a piece of my sugar-free one? That's <laughs> fine. I can have one of, oh, no, I can't. I'll just die. <laughs> Works every time. We're we're kicking off, I guess, second season, whatever you want to call it. The That's triumphant like return that. with a guest extraordinaire. And, and, and before you tell them who it is, I'm so glad you used the term kicking off because I did want to reach out and say, Get well soon to our buddy Luis Endejas, who mm. runs Z Kick for Life, was a place kicker in the NFL for the Cowboys and for many other teams that didn't matter, just the Cowboys mattered. Luis just had both knees replaced like eight days ago, and he's uh, just now getting to a point where he's getting around a little bit. It's tough, but uh, mm. Luis, I just want to let you know, friend, my, me amigo, we're, we're, we're thinking about you. Good thoughts and, and get well soon. And if this is your first time listening to us, you can go back to the uh, catalog and you can check out the episode that Luis was on, along with all the other 82 episodes that we have in the can. Um, but today's guest is a suit. Well, he's he's been a champion in various and sundry athletic pursuits since high school. Yes. He was a champion shot putter. He was a football champion at UCLA. 
and he was a football champion in in um, Super Bowls, three Super Bowls, three 16, Super Bowls. 19, and 23. Or for those who speak Latin, XVI, XIX, and XXIII. <laughs> so, <laughs> were those actually right? Yes. You write those. You didn't write those down. No, I speak wow. Latin. <laughs> okay. Omnia Gallia in tres partes de visa est. Don't cuss at me. I'm just having a show here. <laughs> I'd have written that stuff down and screwed it up anyway. His name is Randy Cross. He's going to be our guest, and he's going to be with us as soon as we come back. And we may be there oh, in a minute or two. If your company stayed open during COVID, I have some great news for you. Government funds are available to reward companies who stayed open during the challenging time. Now, this is not a loan, and you do not have to pay it back. Your hard work to stay open could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at covidpayment.com. You heard that correct. Up to $26,000 per employee. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the tax experts at covidpayment.com. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work and share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans. If you have five or more employees, let covidpayment.com help get you up to $26,000 per employee. Visit covidpayment.com. That's covidpayment.com. Covidpayment.com. We promised we would return with Randy Cross, and we have returned with Randy Cross. We are the Approach Shot. I'm John Ashton. I am Neil Michaels, and with us today is Mr. Randy Cross. Welcome to the show, Randy. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, this this time of the year, a golf podcast is not the thing I usually find myself on, so this is refreshing. <laughs> well, you know, unfortunately for you, the first segment is all about your career. You. NFL, broadcasting, and maybe some other things too. So, you know, the golf part sure. we'll get to. Trust me, based on what you told me before we came on about how your game has suffered as you've gotten to be an older guy, we'll be picking on you for that, for sure. Oh, there's no problem. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's do what we always do. Let's take out the bio for Mr. Cross, which, by the way, I, Randy, before you came on, I told John the notes on you are longer than any guest we've ever had. Part of that is because of your broadcast career, your college career, your NFL career. For God's sake, man, slow down, would you? You're making us look bad. Yeah. Well, there's a lot. To, there's a lot to write about. Write about when you've never actually had a real job. <laughs> well, well, we're then, we're radio guys. We can relate to that. Yeah, I was going to say then John. <laughs> then John and I will have volumes. Uh, Randy was uh, drafted by the 49ers in the second round in 1976, where he played all 13 years with the 49ers. So the Cal Ripken and Tony Gwynn of football. He played in three Pro Bowls in three Super Bowl championships, including his final game as a 49er being Super Bowl 23, which I think is the coolest thing on the planet and high. 
Um, but he also thing you might not know about him is that he played college football at UCLA and was inducted into the college football hall of fame in 2011 and was a first team all American for UCLA. And Randy, this is the part that people who don't dig really deep, probably don't know about you, but I thought it was the coolest thing. Randy was also a shot put champion in high school, beating out the future world record holder, Terry Albritton. And future WWF wrestler Jim the Anvil Nightheart by throwing a 12-pound shot, 67 feet, six and a half inches. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't find the shot put. It kind of found me. Our athletic director was a head track and field coach, and, and uh, he sort of decided I wasn't going to play basketball. And then he needed me on the, to, to throw the shot. And I had a great, a great coach. In fact, he's in the California State High School uh, Hall of Fame for a football coach. But he was a shot put coach guy by the name of Harry Welch. And he just drills and drills and drills. I mean, we just, so it was coming out of our ears. But it worked. I worked. I, I never lifted weights. I, I didn't lift weights until my second year in the NFL. So the whole time I was throwing the shot foot and through college, everything I did, I didn't like it. Every time somebody wanted me to go lift weights, I'd lift weights. The next day I'd be so damn sore. I said, shit, there's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, Randy, let me get this straight. You are a high school uh, champion. In college, you, you won the, the Rose Bowl championship, beat Ohio State. You're a big, big deal in the NFL. You're a big deal in broadcasting. You've never been just a guy, have you? Maybe at some point, but. <laughs> I've, I've I've been very very lucky to be surrounded my whole career, including broadcasting, with some pretty incredibly talented people. So yeah, it, go, it goes a long way towards helping your career. And you obviously absorb from the people around you too. Like you just mentioned, your your great coach with the shot put, but you know, with especially in broadcasting because that's what we can relate to. But sitting next to some of the play by play guys you have sat with has got to rub off. You've got to be able to absorb that and just become better just by being there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it may be little things, you know, little things like pace and pause and things that things that you don't really think about. But when you work with a Dick Enberg or a Jim Nance or people like that, it, it's different. It is different. Yeah. I always kind of pause the whole time I'm working with any of these great broadcasters and just sort of appreciate how lucky I am. Because you know, I'm just the I'm just a dummy that played football. They're they're the they're the conductors. They're the ones keeping me on the rails. But you know what? It's the funniest thing, Randy. Is is as a as a person who watches a lot of football. If you've got a good play by play and a good color guy, Al Michaels and 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 Chris Collinsworth come to mind as as really great. But Buck and Aikman when. The play-by-play -play guy finishes his thought and the color guy picks right up. And then mm -hmm. when the color guy's done, there's just enough time for the play-by-play -play guy to pick up the play-by-play -play again. Watching it, the game just flows better. It just is easier to watch. I personally am not a fan. of I'm a Cowboy fan. But watching Tony Romo on television makes me want to just kill myself. And <laughs> his, he just, to me, he just doesn't, get that the color guy is supposed to stop when the action starts. You know, we're supposed to be getting your opinion. It's not supposed to supersede the action. 
my wife will actually turn the sound down if he's on television and it ruins the game. So watching guys who really get it, who really get the flow and the rhythm of the game is just a joy. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun business. And luckily for me, and I found this out pretty early, this is something you can either do or you can't do. You can learn to be okay. You can learn to be, you can even learn to be good. But if you're going to hang for the long term, it's, it's something you're kind of born with. Are you the only center who's ever ended up in the broadcast booth, in the NFL broadcast booth? Um, I'm not sure. Actually, truth be told, I played mostly guard. I know. I, I just made a middle light commercial, so that's why everybody thinks I was the center my whole career. Because <laughs> uh, some lady pointed at my butt and said, hey, you're Randy Cross. Um, and there's the promo yeah, we're going to use for the not, rest of the year. <laughs> not, not many. Not many, if any. I mean, Dan Deerdorf, you know, Baldinger still still doing stuff with NFL Network. Um, That's why I said center, though, because I knew offensive yeah. linemen had, but I don't know that a center. Yeah. yeah, not many, not many, not many old linemen, period. Yeah. To be honest with you. I mean, Schloreth has been around for a while, but yeah. they don't get a hold of us pick and shovel guys real often. I just want to jump in. I, it's It's not NFL. But he does a lot of uh, work with the uh, ACC network. But um, Eric Woods, who was the center yeah. for Buffalo, oh, has yeah. done a, done a lot of nice. done a lot of work. Yeah, perfect. Well, thanks for ruining my trivia question. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> All right, so so we have to talk Niners here because you saw the worst, you saw the best, you saw the in betweens, and um, just so that people get a sense, you joined the team in in '77. Uh, 76, I'm sorry. And they stunk. They were two and 14. Walsh hadn't become the coach yet. Um, there was no Montana yet. There was no young yet. There was no Jerry Rice yet. They were bad. And then in 77, they made the equally bad decision to bring OJ Simpson in for the last mm-hmm. of his career. And Jim Plunkett was released. So there you are in, in 76 and 77 with you know, in, in 76 being two and 14 and 77 being five and nine, then in 78 again being two fourteen. It wasn't until you came on and Steve DeBerg and Paul Hofer came on that people started to see the light a little bit. When yeah. you left this great program in college to go to this awful 49er team, how's that work for you mentally? Well, the, the weird thing in my career, I mean, my first year in 76, we were eight and six in a 14-game season. It almost made the playoffs. We were actually pretty decent. Delvin Williams was running the ball. We had a really good defense. So it was a positive experience. But the positive experiences ended right after that season when they fired the head coach. Right. And then between 76 and Bill Walsh getting there in 79, Bill was my fifth head coach as a pro. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we had one in 76, one in 77, uh, and two in 78. And then when Bill got there in 79, it was not what you normally associate with, you know, the, I don't know, the seeds of great fortune (laughs) were not obvious at that point. (laughs) Right, right. In 79, Walsh comes in, they draft Montana in the third round, and I did not know this until I just did this research. The Cowboys actually had the pick before you, and Montana was on the board. 
Mm-hmm. And they thought, yeah, we got Roger Stahl back. We're good. So they picked Doug Cosby, who is a great tight end, great right. player. But they left Joe Montana on the board and Walsh was like, I'll take that. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then later in that same draft, they picked Dwight Clark in the 10th round. And pretty much everything changed after that, didn't it? Um, eventually. Yeah. Um, 79, we were 2-14 and 14 again. 2-14, and 14, yeah. 6-10 um, and 10 the next year. And had, gosh, I think we had like an eight or nine game losing streak in that season, which was really depressing. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, then we got it. Then, then 81 things turned around. It, it gave you, and looking back on it, I've always said, you know, what made that all so special when it finally popped was sort of the perspective and the point of reference. People say, ah, it's one of the best teams ever. I say, yeah, but I've played on some of the worst teams ever, too. So. <laughs> right. I know the difference. That's right. It, the, and and there is, a, I mean, as a player, there is a point where you look at those two and 14 teams and it makes you appreciate where you went because of where you've been, doesn't it? Oh, oh yeah, big time. Because we, we had one bad year. Too. I mean, 82 was a terrible, forgettable experience besides the strike and everything else. So, you know, of all my rest of my years, that 82 was one you just kind of would like to get out the metal eraser and just get rid of it. I think the turnaround, I've heard other players talk about this. The turnaround for you guys was in 1980. You're playing the Saints who are 0-13. And you're losing 35-7 to to this team that hasn't won a game all year. And came back and tied the game in regulation 35-35, won in overtime, and up until recently, it was the greatest comeback in NFL history. And that kind of just flapped yeah. it in the gear, didn't it? Yeah, it, it did. It really did. Yeah, they had a little quarterback by the name of Archie Manning. Uh, <laughs> the Saints did. Who put on a clinic in that first that first half. Yeah, it was 35-7. We came back. And it was until um, that Oilers-Bills playoff game where Frank Reich and the Bills came back. Right. You know, from I guess it was 31 points down because that we were 28. So that was special. That was really special. And that you had that in the bank the rest of your career because, yeah. especially with 16 at quarterback, there weren't any leads that scared you. Hey, Randy. When you're in the middle of, of like an eight or nine game losing streak, do you, do you find that everybody starts to maybe try too hard? They get in their head and they start screwing up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like anything else. I mean, hell. It's like golf. Yeah. You know, you start you start hooking it or you start pushing balls or you start topping balls and it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it matters whatever you want to do. It's just going to yeah. do it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it can be very 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 frustrating. But luckily when you're eventually in my career I we were surrounded by there were so many good players that you could almost make up. They they'd almost make up for some of those bad days. As he has already equated golf to football and, and the idea that uh, just don't think about it, just do it. Oh, we're going to have to pay anybody for using those phrases. I'm not no, sure. I don't think so. No. Okay, good, good. You know, what um, we do need to, what we do need to do is, is um, pay a few bills on our own though. We do indeed. I want to welcome back a, a longtime sponsor. A longtime sponsor. We yeah. love long time. They're called Hello Fresh. Or, or Hello how do you say Fresh. It? Is, it, is it Hello Fresh? Hello Fresh. How do you do that? You know what? When I eat it, I go goodbye, Fresh. Because <laughs> <laughs> the plate 
is at that point empty. I know, man. I, I know. See, John, one of the things that's great about doing a podcast is that the advertisers we have like to send us samples because they want the hosts to have the experience. Sure. Yeah. Well, I freaking had the experience, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, um, I know we were just talking offline that you had some kind of unbelievable meatloaf Parmesan and meatloaf Parmesan. Mm-hmm. So you'll Somewhere. have to speak to those. I had the lettuce wraps, which is made with ground turkey, onions, tomato, and uh, cucumbers. And then there's this really light, but with a kick sauce that goes with it. My mouth is still watering thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been to P.F. Chang's. They have supposedly one of the great lettuce wraps. Sorry, P.F. Chang's. Hello, (laughs) Fresh's lettuce wraps are better. Yeah. They're unbelievable. We also had the pork chops and we had the chicken with uh, green beans and they were delicious too, but I can't wait to get some more of them lettuce wraps. You know, they were fantastic. The thing I hate is, you know, my wife works a lot. Yeah. She's she's a critical care nurse. She's either working or she's sleeping. Yeah. So most of the cooking falls to me and most of the deciding what to cook falls to me. That's and tough. I don't, like making decisions like that. So what we eat is basically the same stuff day after day. We sat down and and my wife said, we need to plan out some meals for a week. I went, I don't think that's going to happen because you have to go figure out what you're going to eat. Then you figure out what you need to buy to eat it. And then you have to figure out what kind of spices and you have to buy, you know, a whole thing of spice, even though you only need like an ounce. That's what I love about the HelloFresh stuff. It comes and you, you take the stuff out of the box. You've got this really nice eight and a half by 11 full four color recipe card. And everything you need is in that bag. And everything you need is is measured out. That's the so, most amazing part is it's simple. Yeah. It's so simple and it comes to your door. So here's what you have to do to plan to have that conversation with your wife Here's the planning, honey. I'm going to open the box. Yeah. You're just telling me in what order you want to eat these meals. That's right. That's right. You pick. <laughs> and it's great. And and I tell you, the, the meatloaf parmesan was the most involved of all the recipes. And I think it took a, a grand total. It took the longest. To, it, it took 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the, the less wraps were 20, were 20 minutes start to finish. Take it yeah. out. Unwrap them. Do a little bit of chopping, cook the ground turkey, take out the lettuce, fill the lettuce wrap with the ground beef and the cut up vegetables and eat. And 20 minutes on. start that's, to finish. That's right. Just knowing that I had different food than um, Neil got lets you know that you have choices. Mm-hmm. You can go from, from veggie to family friendly to fit and wholesome, whatever you're into. That's the kind of meals you can get, and you can get it for two people or for four people, and you can get them at a very great discount if you get them right now, because you just have to go to HelloFresh.com slash 50approach, and then use the code 50approach. That's 50approach, and you're going to get 50% off plus bang 15% off the next two months. So 50% Hello Fresh. now. Yeah. And then HelloFresh. 15% on the next two. Wow. HelloFresh.com slash 50 approach. That's 50 approach. 
and use the code 50 approach and you'll get 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. It's Hello Fresh. It's America's number one meal kit. And we're going to talk about golf and topping it and hooking it and slicing it and all that fun stuff. When we come right back, we are the approach shot. Don't you move. that a lot at chickendinnercasino.com because we have so many winners. That's because we have so many ways to win, including slots, blackjack, poker, and more. Of course, you can step into our sports book and bet on any sport, including the NBA playoffs and Major League Baseball, with some of the best bonuses around. But don't just take my word for it. Hey, it's Heath Bell here, former pitcher for the San Diego Padres. Hey, this is Ryan Sandberg, Chicago Cubs Baseball Hall of Famer, number 23 retired. Hey, it's 2017 NBA Slam Dunk champion Glenn Robinson III here. Be a winner by playing chickendinnercasino.com. Winner, winner! Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Chicken dinner, casino where you can become a winner winner like me and our listeners get special offers just go to chickendinnercasino.com slash sports that's chickendinnercasino.com slash sports and you could be a winner winner today hey thanks for hanging i am john ashton i'm neil michaels Together, we are the Approach Shop. Randy Cross is our guest here. Randy, you've been a very successful athlete since high school. How are you on the golf course? I mean, I started out like most guys start out playing golf. My buddies decided they wanted to play, and it was a good excuse to go have a beer and <laughs> kind of have fun. Um, actually, the first when I first started playing golf, I had to use left-handed clubs because the guy I was playing with was he and his dad were left-handed and they had extra clubs and they were only left-handed. Oh, so, <laughs> um, That's a good way yeah. to start your swing. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, until I got done playing football, I never really got very serious about it. And then for mm-hmm. a period of time, I got real serious about it as far as practicing and work on the game. And, gotcha. you know, my handicap got down kind of low. And cool. You were a two. Uh, you were a yeah, two. I was a I was a two. I, my my handicap was, got kind of low. He's a two. My best my best score ever was a sixty eight. Yeah, I just I I really I came to really really love the sport, and I think yeah. part of it that made it so attractive to me how impossible it is to master. I mean, the guys that do it for a living, you know, watch did you watch if you watch Sunday to those guys in the last in that back nine. Uh-huh. That gives you the perfect example why everyone that plays this game has a love-hate relationship with it. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes you're hobbling and sometimes you're a homo. <laughs> That's right. A friend of mine here in town said that golf is a game played by mortals, but designed to be played by gods. <laughs> I like it. You brought That's up to my grade level, but yeah. <laughs> you were talking about drinking beer as an excuse uh for playing golf or vice versa and then getting serious about it do you now look at golf because i think there's a differentiation between people who look at golf as a game and then look at golf as a sport because i I tell people that there's you can't do anything while drinking beer that's a sport it has to be a game like bowling and golf like that yeah darts yeah yeah (laughs) uh i guess for me, the 
the delineation golf wise, I took it so serious for a while, um, was when I, I had to start having shoulder replacements. Oh. I'd, I'd worn between the football and the lifting weights. And then I loved practicing. So I'd hit a lot of balls. Yeah. I kind of wore my shoulders out. So one year I did a shoulder replacement here on my left. And then about five years later, I did the shoulder replacement on the right. And that cured me of trying to be, you know, the elusive, <laughs> how good can you do something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fake shoulders gives you a very quick humility lesson. I have a, a golf instructor who's one of golf magazine's top 100 uh, teachers. And he keeps telling me, because I told him and when we started that I had an aversion to practicing. I just didn't have the time. And he cured me of that thought very quickly. But now it's get to the point where he tells me, he says, if you want to be good, practice until you get it right. If you want to be great, you need to practice till you can't get it wrong. Yeah. And at that game, good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, John, just to make us feel very mortal, yeah. Randy's had both shoulders replaced. And uh -huh. Now his handicap is a 12. Is it 12? Oh, 12. It's not like he had 12. both shoulders replaced and he could barely hit the ball. The man yeah. is still hitting in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. I, I found out a, a special thing I'm going to just throw out here in case anybody needs a little trivia. If it doesn't work, then cut it out. But I was told that your handicap index is not your average score. It's reflective of your best possible score. And that was by the guy who designed the slope system. One of the guys that actually did the math. Did the math, yeah. Hmm. A, lot of math, a lot of math in that, too. <laughs> yes, there a is. A lot of math. <laughs> yes, there is. I recently hurt my knee. Had to have a knee, a knee operation. And my handicap went down twice in the month after I hurt my knee. I was like, I'm not playing. How can my handicap go down? <laughs> Wow, you don't have many replaceable parts left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've got plenty, and, I'm, and they're going to be replaced. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to work with um, one of my favorite people on the planet um, in Don Crickey. He was in the booth with you. You did the NFL today. Of all of the things that you did in the booth, is there something that stood out that you felt like you did best, that people re that you thought, if I could do this the rest of my life, I this, this is where I'd stay? Yeah, I mean, obviously, for me, it was just doing football, but specifically doing NFL. It was it was so much fun. Uh, it's it's such a different game. It's it's a it's it's changed a lot too in the ten or twelve years since I've been out of it. I did NFL for twenty years, but just mm -hmm. just doing the game is something that's it's kind of hard hard to replace because it's. 100% unpredictable. There's no way. There's no, the only people that are delusional enough uh, and control free, big enough control freaks to think they can control football games are football coaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The rest of the world knows better. How do you think the 49ers gonna, are going to do this year? Uh, I think they're the best team in the NFC to me. I think they're, they have a great chance, you know, the, the caveat. These days is always injuries, right? And some years you get them, and some years you don't. And if they don't get them, I think they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and they got a quarterback that breaks easy. Could be. Yeah, historically speaking, anyhow. They whacked his they whacked his arm in Philly. That took care of him. <laughs> yeah. When when you do the the color commentary, like like with the uh, FIU games and stuff, how much preparation goes into that? Because 
when you listen to the the color commentary guys, especially you, it sounds like you know all this stuff just because you follow it, that you're into it, that you know this stuff automatically. There's an awful lot of preparation and name remembering and all that kind of stuff that goes into it, isn't there? A lot of memorization, a lot of uh, a lot of reading, lots and lots and lots of reading. Yeah. Um, and you know, flying home after a game. That's the only function besides the function of literally getting your 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 carcass from one place to another and getting home and getting ready to do it again the next week. Right. Is that that flight is basically to flush your brain out. Yeah. You know, it's just because you got so much stuff you've crammed in your head. And the thing about broadcasting and you tell people when they get into it, you know, do as much as you physically and mentally can do as far as prep. Right. But just know that 85 to 90 percent of it you'll never use because wow. the game, the game doesn't cooperate. It doesn't let you. It's, you're not you're just not going to get certain stories in. You're not going to get certain stats and numbers and all that in what you have to do. Of all of the things I have here on on the Randy Cross to do list, the question I had to ask, because there's only one answer to the question you played in Chicago. In 24 degrees below zero wind chill in a championship game. I know football players are tough and football players have a mindset and you go out there and you're pumped up and all that kind of stuff. That's in human conditions. How yeah. do you do it, especially when you're on the sideline, not moving around? How do you survive mm -hmm. it? And by the way, we also kicked the Bears' ass that day. Yes, you the did. Championship game. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I, it, it's, it was simple for me. I was, a, I was a Southern California kid. I was born in New York, but I was raised in Southern California and I got drafted in 76 by the Niners. So I just went up 101 and, <laughs> and went to San Francisco. So I was very unfamiliar outside of flying over it and maybe occasionally going to Tahoe to go to a casino, um, <laughs> with seeing snow. <laughs> so, but, but when you played in snow and I used to tell reporters this all the time, it looked at you kind of weird. And I said, you know, I get to go home. So the, we're going to play a game. It's going to take, let's say three hours to play the game and, and do it um, or so. But when that's done, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to get on the bus and I'm going back to California. All <laughs> these people, they got to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Okay, I get you. I get. Put you. up with a little cold and snow for three hours. Ain't no biggie. Yeah, it's no, right. I, just, I, I I can't say my favorite saying. It was given me given to me by my my best friend when I was playing offensive guard by the name of John Ayer, who a reporter asked him about playing in tw like twenty something below zero, mm -hmm. and he made the comment to the guy. And this is in a press conference. That you know what you can hang from some very important body parts for three hours, so I don't worry about cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know something, we're going to go from cold to hot, to hot here. <laughs> hot. Let's go get hot in here, Randy. We're going to put you on the hot seat here and fire at you a six pack of questions. So give yourself a second, get okay. yourself warmed up, and get ready because we're going to fire match a hot and heavy. Collect okay. your thoughts. The six-pack is coming up on the approach. Don't you move. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. 
Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home? And you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-500-2021. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-500-2021. 800-500-2021. That's 800-500-2021. And we are back, The Approach Shop. I am John Ashton. He's Neil Mike. Damn it, I hate when I forget my name. <laughs> this is our first show back after after we've been gone for a little bit mm-hmm. and john always used to introduce me the first 82 episodes john would introduce me so we've talked about this that john has been doing the introduction and i wanted to introduce myself for the life of me i cannot pick up quite yet <laughs> that i have to do this so yeah. go ahead do it again just to make me feel better hey we are the approach shot i'm john ashton oh that's where i go and i'm neil mike <laughs> Okay, take three. No, All I right. did that just to crack you up. All right. <laughs> All right. And we're ready for the six pack with Randy Cross, who's got to be thinking, who are these guys? Um, <laughs> Randy, we're going to fire six questions at you, hot and heavy. We want you to give us the very first thought you have. If we sense that you're thinking about it or something, we're going to give you the big, <clears throat> you ready? Sure. Sure's not the answer. You're supposed to act scared. You big tough offensive <laughs> lineman. All right. Question one: Mary Presley, Elvis's mom, Ella Fitzgerald, Meadowlark Lemon, and Al Pacino were all born on your birthday, April twenty fifth. Did you know that? You did know that. I knew that. I knew that about Al Pacino and Meadowlark. Yeah. Of those, who would you sit down and have dinner with? Um. I mean, I'd probably enjoy sitting down and having having a beverage with Al Pacino. Yeah, I could see the two of you together. That would be kind of fun. <laughs> I'll take a flamethrower to this place. Seriously, <laughs> Al, it's just medium rare. Yeah. yeah. At least one. At least one of us is a formerly dark-haired guy. <laughs> That's right. By the way, for a guy uh, that that was on TV a lot, who's just doing this podcast and stuff, your hair looks great. Oh, I mean, the hair still looks great. It's all about that Son of Great hair, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Question two. Which 49er did you play with that was the locker room crack up? And give us an example of something he did that cracked everybody up. Wow. A, a locker room crack up? I tell you, the guy that had the was the best at pranks was Joe Montana. That's surprising. Yeah. Yeah. And whether it was putting your bike on, on the roof during training camp or, <laughs> you know, getting your, your car full of ping pong balls or whatever. Um, and, and you learned real fast. If you're going with the prank on prank thing, there's certain people you can mess with, but you don't mess with the highest paid guy in the league. 
<laughs> right. Because he can right. he can afford to go places you can't go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better story. That's great. <laughs> All right. Question three. Most memorable, good or bad, golf shot in organized play. Wow. In organized play, like an official tournament kind of thing? Yeah, something even if it's a even if it's just, you know, something that that was put together, but it was organized, not you out with a buddy or something like that. Yeah. So, I was at Mario Muse celebrity tour event and I had all in one. And I won my wife a fifteen thousand uh, dollar Cartier watch. Ooh. Wow. Well, yeah, that- very, very cool. Birthday and Christmas was taken care of that year. <laughs> yes, sir. All I had to do was take care of the taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Question four. What's tougher, having to heave a shot put playing rugby or being an NFL offensive lineman? Harder? Tougher. I think the shot, I think tougher. I think the shot put, it's the hardest thing I did. Being an offensive lineman in the NFL was no cakewalk, but... Throwing the shot took the most work. That was the closest thing to practicing golf I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and and we skipped right by the Jim the Anvil Nightheart piece. Did you know yeah. who he was? I guess back then he wasn't him, but did you know later it was like, that's the guy I beat in shot put? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Did for you stay sure. in touch? He, uh, he went, not, not a whole lot. I mean, you know the guys that are in that life. They are traveling like crazy. Yeah, yeah, I mean they—they're on the road like 320 days a year. But no, I, I would watch. You know, I was back in the Hogan, Macho Man, and all that other stuff. You know, and Heart, the Heart Foundation, all those guys. So yeah, no, I was very familiar. Yeah, and for and for the uh, for the light wrestling fan, Jim, the Anvil was his nickname. Nightheart was actually Bret Hart's real life cousin. Mm-hmm. So very cool. All right. Question five. You played with the 49ers your entire career and with a lot of stars. Can you name a guy that you associate with the team who would fly under the radar for the passive fan? Any, any like my era or any era? Uh, your era. A guy that you think of and, and think this guy was really underrated. He really he was a stud, but nobody seemed to know. Yeah. Um, and I think my buddy, my buddy, John Ayers. He was our left guard. Um, never made the Pro Bowl. I don't think he ever made, you know, never made all pro. He was one of the best offensive linemen I was ever around. And he was Lawrence Taylor and Randy White's kryptonite. Oh, is that and, right? And if, and, if, and if you don't believe it, look up the, the tackle, the stats and the games that he played against those guys. They didn't do much against us. Because of John, when John was there, because John lasted, I think John played 10 years in San Francisco. That's a pretty impressive group to, to have those kind of numbers against. Wow. Yep. All right. Question six. And we asked this of all of our guests, since we are the approach shot, Randy Cross, in your approach to life, what one rule do you live by? Life's too short to be small. <laughs> Ooh. I think I got to write that one down. <laughs> wow. I heard, that, I, I heard that there was an old uh, big and tall store in California, Rochester's. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And for a brief period of time, that was their slogan. And some ad executive went, that's stupid, and just got rid of it. <laughs> and it stuck in my brain. I loved it because I thought, I think it, it pertains to quite a few situations. Does indeed. And, and individuals. But not being a jockey. It doesn't, <laughs> no. it doesn't no, pertain there. No, this is, this is 2023. You, you cannot stereotype. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how deserving. <laughs> oh, Randy, you are off the hot seat. Well done, sir. Thank you. I have to ask, and I'm surprised John didn't jump in with this because, you know, we're petty this way. Where do you keep your Super Bowl rings? Are you wearing one right now? Uh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Matter of fact, I did have it on the counter here for my road trip. But I just got back from, but no, I don't. And I don't really have a favorite. I got three kids too. So it's kind of hard to pick a favorite out in that group. <laughs> um, but I will say Super Bowl 19 was the best team I ever played on. So cool. Very cool. For whatever, for whatever that's whatever that's worth. Randy, I, I don't mean to call you out because you know we don't know each other that well, but I have two kids. John has multiple kids. We all have our favorite. We just don't tell them. We tell all of them they're the favorite. Right. Every one of them is like I have I have one that I'm gonna go see next week and her birthday is coming up and she is absolutely my favorite until my son shows up and then he's my favorite. But between mom and you, come on. Yeah. (laughs) No. No, I tell you, the best thing that happened to my wife, Patrice, and I was three or so years ago, maybe four years ago, all three of them moved home. They're all back in the area. So like last cool. Saturday, we could have a little little barbecue and go to the pool and hang out and have fun and had the grandkids in. And yeah, that's life is good when you can do stuff like that. So, it is indeed. So, so Kelly and Crystal and Brendan are living there. and. And do each of them have kids or just how many of them have kids? My oldest, my oldest daughter, Kelly, Kelly. she's got two, six and eight, Charlie and Cameron, uh, Crystal and Crystal and her husband, Brian and Brendan and his wife, Shelby are both practicing. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what they say? Practice makes perverts. Perfect. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to push this issue. So having two girls and a boy. And you're a man's man. You don't tend to think, mm, you know, it's Brandon. Or are you a daddy's, are they daddy's girls? Well, anybody that's got girls knows that, you know, they got a, they got your heart forever. I mean, my daughters would tell, would tell you that my son's the favorite. There right. you go. There you go. Now we're getting to the truth. I, I knew, I knew yeah. we'd get there. That's but, what they would say. Yeah. And your, say. and your son would insist that it was the girl's. Who get all, no? All, he'd raise his hand love. and go, "Yeah, guilty." Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have enjoyed the hell out of having you on here, and tell us what you're doing now. You're working with CBS, and and where can people see you? Working with CBS uh, every Tuesday night. Uh, this week is going to be on Wednesday, next Wednesday. Uh, it's called Inside College Football. It's a TV preview review show. Uh, it's on CBS Sports Network. It's on Tuesday nights. So I do that Tuesday nights and weekends. I do games. I do all the Navy home games. Uh, I'm actually doing a um, CUSA, Conference USA 
uh, game mm. this first week with Florida International at Louisiana Tech. So it's going to be a hot box down in Ruston, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Indeed. besides that, I also I do a lot of Mountain West games. So I'll do, you know, I don't know, 15, 16 highlight shows and whatnot during the season and another 15 football games. And keeps me busy. Keeps me jumping in, on a lot of airplanes during football season. Sounds Let me put like- you back on a hot seat for one quick second just for a personal question. Uh, I'm in Louisville. You think Jeff Brom was going to have any success with the team the first year? Uh, yeah, I, the first year would say usually no, you know, cause it just doesn't really work like that. Yeah. But I think the potential, the two, I, I like two guys to have a chance to make a big impact. He's one of them. Okay. Uh, and he did a great job at Purdue. I was surprised he left test. Purdue, but going home yeah. was too much of an allure. Uh, and Deion Sanders at Colorado. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And I think for the for the very reason people think he can't do it, I think he can do it. All the change he's had, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's going to be a positive, not a negative. So, and I think Brom will Brom will figure it out pretty fast. Randy, appreciate uh, you carving out enough time for us here on the Approach Shot, man. Great to talk to you. My pleasure, guys. Take care. In today's troubled world, our USA Armed Forces stand ready to protect you, your family, and our American way of life. When veterans return to civilian life, they deserve your recognition and support. You can help put vets to work by donating your car, truck, or van to Patriotic Hearts. Your donation will directly support programs to help vets find jobs or even start their own business. Donate today for fast, free pickup of your vehicle, running or not. Operators are standing by to answer questions about making a tax-deductible vehicle donation. Find out how you can make a difference in the life of a United States veteran. Call 800-248-3508. For 24-hour response, call 800-248-3508. 800-248-3508. That's 800-248-3508. Man, another epic episode in the books, on the shelf, in the can, wherever. But not on the can. (laughs) You you might be listening to us on the can. You could be. What you do is your own business. We don't need to know. Yeah. I had so many notes about all of the stuff in the years because of all the 49ers stuff. I mean, they did, they literally went from being terrible to being better, to being really good, to being not so good, to being great again. It was Mm -hmm. crazy, but I do have to tell you a couple of things that we didn't get to that I thought were really interesting. He's spent a ton of time in the broadcast booth, but he got his start when he filled in for Hank Stram who had laryngitis one week. And they were like, Hey kid, Come on in and do the game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, everybody's got that story. It's the whole Lou Gehrig came in for, you know, some guy right. Wally Pip, for Wally Pip. Years later, he's still playing. Well, that that's how he got started. But the interesting thing is you and I always talk about the time we spent on the radio. You spent a lot of time in Boston and Atlanta and stuff like that. Do you remember the radio station in Atlanta, WZGC? Yeah. He worked there for a bunch of years doing a midday show called the Rick and Randy show. And when, when I was in Atlanta, ZGC was uh, Z93. It was Z93. I wrote that yeah. down. It was Z93 yeah. when I was there too. Yeah. And it's interesting that of all of the things he does, we don't even have time to talk about that. 
So yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and frankly, I think he had a Super Bowl rings, but I think he was afraid we were going to reach through the camera and grab it from him. And grab them. Exactly. One of the things he said too about prep and, and about how play by play, especially, is either something you can do. Or you can't do. There's no yeah. middle ground. One of the guys I worked with in one of my first gigs in Bangor, Maine, his name was Steve Martin. And he did high school play-by-play for high schools in Maine mm-hmm. for about 12 years. And we all made fun of him because everybody who worked in Bangor was trying to get somewhere else. <laughs> you right. Know? Right. We want to go to Portland. We want to go to Boston. We want to go somewhere south, yeah. please. He stayed there and we made fun of him because he was really, really good. His second job was sports director at WSB in Charlotte, which turned into the play-by-play guy for the Charlotte Hornets, Ah, which he did for his entire career. He looked back at you guys and he was like, if only you knew. Yeah, Laugh now, guys. Exactly. (laughs) And Charlotte's as far south as you need to go before the humidity catches up to you. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, Randy was Randy's very good in the broadcast booth, but he is right. You either can do it or you can't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always imagined in my wild fantasy time, I want to be a baseball play-by-play guy. I want to be a baseball yeah. color guy. Play-by-play, no. The guys who are historic, John Miller, Vin Scully, guys who are just incredible and, and mm-hmm. Joe Buck and, and guys who set the bar with my squeaky little voice. If somebody hit a home run, I would sound like I had my shorts too tight or something. It's a long <laughs> It just wouldn't. It just wouldn't work. Color yeah. guy, on the other hand, usually sounds like somebody who's been eating for six innings and talking <laughs> about two or three. The icons of baseball play-by-play, especially Harry Carey. The, the joke around Boston in 1967 was after we lost the World Series and Harry was doing play-by-play for the Cardinals, is we wanted to commit Harry Carey. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I'm surprised you didn't mention your favorite, Kirk Gowdy. He is my favorite. He's, I mean, I grew up listening to him doing baseball play-by-play, replaced by Dick Emberg. Not a, you know? not a bad little thing. You know, that was the interesting thing about Emberg's, the end of his career. He came back to San Diego here, did television here for a couple of years, and then decided mm-hmm. to hang him up. And and do you remember the uh, the woman sportscaster that he's married to? The sideline chick? I forget I her don't. name, and I apologize. But I ran into both of them in the paddock area at Kentucky Derby about eight years ago. Is that they right? Were just there, yeah. And and Dick was so gracious. I made the cardinal mistake, Pardon and me. I hate it when this happened. I walked through and I said, "I used to listen to you when I was a kid." <laughs> <laughs> That's what they love to hear. <laughs> I thought maybe you were going to say that I called your wife a chick on my podcast. <laughs> Gotcha. All right, this is the part where we don't say anything about bagpipes anymore. No, no, we've, we've left that alone. Yeah, have... during our uh, hiatus, that's the word I've been looking for. During a hiatus, mm-hmm. yes, as otherwise known as a really long vacation, uh, we decided <laughs> we were going to drop the cheesy ending because mm-hmm. we had so much great input on social media. Wait, nobody ever said a damn thing. So we're going <laughs> to drop it <laughs> and just say... We appreciate you listening. Please subscribe at approachshot.net if you like the show. Um, Feel free to go to wherever you download a podcast and listen to some of the previous 82 episodes. We're very proud of some of the people we've had on, Andy Van Slyke, Don Slott, Phil Bradley, uh, Jeff Garcia, Jeff Blake, one of the very early shows, the tennis, Mm -hmm. uh, tennis pro. 
Um, our very first show with uh, with Joey from Cheaters, my buddy. Um, we had Dottie Pepper on. We've had just so many great golfers, non-golfers, NFL, MLB authors, NHL players. It's just been a blast. And uh, that's why we came back, because we have so much fun doing this, and we hope you do too. And we appreciate you listening now and forever. Go go check out some of the back catalog, 82 episodes, just sitting there feeling very neglected for a year or so. So <laughs> go, go listen to a few of those and be back here next week, because we've already made arrangements to be here for you. Because so <laughs> we're you back, and damn it, you should be too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so have a good week, man. Thanks. I'm Neil Michaels. I'm John Ashton. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Approach Shot with the Weekend Golf Guys. If you like this week's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. And find us on the web at ApproachShot.net.